Hello and welcome to our podcast, which we are now finally resuming our things and stuff uh, <laughs> podcast with uh, Reject Company. Bullshitting. <laughs> Bullshitting chat. Let's <laughs> stay. You've got me, uh, John Rhodes HK. You've got Blake the Griever and Killer Don. How Don. do you do? All right, well, today we want to start out talking about the social contract, which or is lack so thereof. Or lack thereof. Well, my, my idea of the social contract, well, before, though, I, actually, I should ask, let's, let, how, how you been, Blake? I've been all right, um, man. I, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, bullshitting. Let's do that. I, yeah, I don't know. I've been doing okay. Um. I guess you could say I have been a little frustrated lately. It definitely helps that I uh, I like to talk about it with other people. But uh, mm. m- most of my frustration, I think, stems from it stems from having expectations of people and then failing to meet those expectations. And I know that's an entirely personal issue, and I shouldn't take it out on other people. But I do have to say that that is kind of hard. Uh, I do think it's a great segue to that topic, uh, but at the same time, again, I don't feel that uh, my expectations of individuals and their behavior are anything that I can force upon anybody else. I have to mind my own manners as I expect of myself and uh, expect that people will fall short of my expectations. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've thought about that in the past because um, I'm I'm in the other camp where I have no expectations of people, but and I think living that way is is somewhat depressing because I mean yes I don't get disappointed all that much because I expect all sorts of awful things from people, <laughs> but at the same time it's I think it's more lonely and kind of depressing, but maybe it's more of a slow burn as opposed to everything's fine and then you get let down yeah so yeah it's really just kind of trading one demon for another i think i I think so i don't don't know that one's really it's like you can take some disappointment all at once occasionally or be kind of depressed generally i will say it's one of those things where I, i do have to say it is kind of uh it is kind of a uh, roller coaster ride because while, yeah, more often than I would say the latter of meeting expectations or exceeding them, uh, people do fail to meet your expectations. And that tends to um, be disappointing or saddening or sometimes straight up infuriating, right? But at the same time, I do get those highs of people meeting or exceeding those expectations and uh that's always uplifting so mm-hmm. yeah yeah well i um was sick earlier the other night and oh. it was awful i uh sorry I both hands and uh but uh i feel a lot better now 
So it was still a little bit sick last night, so I went I went to work anyway. And uh, today I'm feeling better, so what's well, good? That I'm glad you're feeling better. I had like a cool. one day stomach bug or something. Yeah, could have been something you yeah. ate. Yeah, I've been kind of isolating myself, listening to a lot of uh, a lot of audiobooks and stuff like that. What have you been up to, Don? Tell the world. What have you been up to that you're okay with telling our listeners, I guess, <laughs> question. That's a valid one. So we'll leave out what all the illegal shit. <laughs> mm. Yes, leave that out for now. No, actually, I can't even find illegal shit to think of to do around here. It's that oh. boring. But anyway. Yeah, um, well, so... It's a boring area in northern Michigan. Well, they yeah. legalized your normal daily activity. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, the weed's legal, so I, I don't have I don't have any excuse there. <laughs> well, but anyway, so let's see here. So ironically, Blake, mine mine ties into yours just because I got offered a job to do care to run karaoke. Okay. Oh a paying and, job, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And the problem is I don't want to do it. Okay. Because, you know, that ties up my night and I enjoy singing karaoke more than running karaoke. That's valid. Well, you can still sing one, you know, every round, but when you're running it, don't you? Well, yeah, no, I get to sing when I'm running it, but then if I'm running it, I'm there, I'm focused on what everybody else is, you know, what the singers are doing. Oh, yeah. I'm listening, you know, I'm making sure it's not chilling. Yeah, instead of, you know, instead of me running off and shooting pool and having a smoke. I think that turns where the thing that you enjoy now turns into a job and thusly it's not enjoyable anymore. Exactly. So that is for the longest time I didn't uh, start truck driving. I always liked road trips, but then I thought, well, if it's a job, I won't like it. And I'll hate it. But uh, that actually turned out all right for me. Well, that's good. So I, I don't know if it's the same deal for running karaoke. Oh, yeah, I've, I've ran karaoke before, and I think I think right. my biggest problem with it is the people annoyed the shit out of me. Oh, these <laughs> the people are better. These people are are a different crowd than than the one I was originally host running karaoke for. Yeah. But anyway, so but to tie back into ironically what Blake was talking about. The only reason I would run this karaoke, because I don't need the money, is if, so there's a different chick who runs karaoke who works at that bar, and she's horrible at running it. Hey, is that the one I, was that with you? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, she is awful. Right? <laughs> she's awful. So she she just, she's very inattentive to what she's doing. She just plays the song and walks off. Which is, you know, which is not the way I expect it to be ran because I don't run it myself that way. And so that's me putting my expectations on job performance on her, which is not fair. But also at the same time, I don't view my expectations as, you know, anything super out of, out there. Like my expectations <laughs> of course are pretty we don't. reasonable. Well, no, <laughs> my expectations are pretty reasonable. You know, it's not like I'm. You know, okay, now I need you to at three minutes into this song when it when it does the the key shift, I need you to change my mic to 
you know, I don't do shit like that. It's just, you know, make sure they can hear me. Turn down the background vocals. Thank you very much. Yeah. Those are my expectations. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. She doesn't really do much with that. You know, she doesn't do any of that. Yeah. So I might run the karaoke just because I don't want her running the karaoke. <laughs> so they're going to fire her and hire you? No, no, no. See, so there's currently a guy that's doing it. Oh. She bartends. And there's currently a guy that's running it. And he's moving. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you don't want her to also be trying to do karaoke while bartending because then it's inattentive karaoke running. Well, it's it's going to be inattentive karaoke running no matter what if she's running it. Right. Right. Yeah. I know. I get it. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those. So I'm looking at it as from the standpoint, you know, I've got. I've got to balance the selfish side of it, which says I don't want her to run it just because I enjoy it. I would, I would enjoy it more running it myself versus her running it, even though oh. I won't enjoy it nearly as much running it myself. Right. Plus, you get paid. It sounds like it, it would be overall better because you would enjoy it, yourself it, more. Plus, it would be paid. overall better. But the top tier option is anybody but her runs it. They just find somebody else And so I can sing and she's not running That's the top tier one Right And I kind of so love position what I, is, is like well I guess I will But I'd rather you know You find somebody else Yeah and that's and actually what I told the guy Who offered me who offered me the spot I was like listen Here's the bottom line on it I will run it if your last choice Is her if you find anybody else, go with it. But if she's the only option, I will run it instead. And I told him that. Right. Because yeah. well, he understands he understands where I come from on that. That's fair. Oh, okay. That's good. Oh. Well, hopefully they'll find somebody else, I guess. Yeah, hopefully. It's kinda out of your hands. Unless you know somebody that's looking for the, the gig. Well, that was, I was actually going to teach somebody just so that I didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> or do it for a while until you can get the next guy trained or, or something. That's yeah. actually exactly what I was thinking. Is I was thinking, because uh, there's a chick who's ran it before. She's just not familiar with the care fund system at all. And she's like, I'd like to do it, but I don't know the care fund system. And I was like, I can oh, do it for go. a couple of weeks, teach her the care fund system, and then off she goes. And you'll still show up for karaoke anyway, so she needs help with it. You'll be there yeah, I'll still probably. be there if she needs help or anything like that, and there she goes. That sounds like a win-win all the way around. Actually, Plus, now that I'm thinking about it, I can just oh, because I'm going because that's the karaoke I'm going to tonight. So I'll tell him that, you know, he knows how. She just is not familiar with Carafun, so don't worry about it. I'll do it for free. I'll run her through how to do Carafun and just hire you just her. Pay her. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Pay her while she's training, too, if yeah. you don't care about the money. Yeah. Look at the you yeah, finding someone a job, placement, all that. Wow. Yeah. And and plus, you know, it gives you some uh, an in, potentially. See, but that's another thing that I've been thinking about. I was thinking about it quite a bit last night, because one thing I have noticed about the guys who are running karaoke here locally, there's three of them that I know. 
and all of them have girlfriends that are way out of their league. Oh, well, yeah, it is a bonus. But at the same time, I want to run karaoke. It's on Saturday. Well, yeah, you train me in many ways. Oh, I also got the uh, word there's a bar that we could potentially buy. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's not, you'd have to get, if you get the loan and everything. 50000 I don't have $50,000. Well, yeah, but that's super cheap. I can, I can qualify for that based on my, based on my VA income. Yeah, there you go. Go ahead and do it, man. But I don't want a bar. My credit is shit. I don't, <laughs> but I don't want a bar. <laughs> I don't either. It seems like that would be a lot of work. Well, see, so that's actually the beauty of it, John, is while your credit is shit, what you do is you set up an LLC to own the bar, and then you use a business credit score, which is not your personal credit score, and a business credit score starts a default business, which is about 600 or so, which is, oh. you know, default good enough. Man, I could do that to like for anything to buy a car, probably too, if I wanted, huh? Yeah. So the trick is the trick is on that you set up the business, and well, the business has to do something. Mm -hmm. the The bank is going to expect the business to do something. But oh, yeah, so you, you have to make a you, pitch, and it's got to actually. Yeah. 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 I mean, a bar is simple. A bar is bars print money. Bank, right. give me some money, and I'll print some more. Bars yeah. just fucking make money. Right. Well, the only reason yes. the old guy's selling it is because he's old and wants to retire and go back to Florida, but he can't find enough workers that he can leave the bar alone. Uh, it seems super. Well, you would have that same problem too then. So you'd have to actually work there. Yeah. And you'd have to do all of like bartending plus cleaning the place up and all that other shit. Well, no, because I can find employees because the reason he doesn't have an employee, any employees, because there's lots of women that are, there's lots of cute women that are wanting a bartender around here, but they hate him. They don't like working. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and so I could sucks. potentially just put it out there and say, I need bartenders, you know, under new ownership. I need bartenders. I'm going to potentially find bartenders, but I don't want to. Because that would put know. me in the bar, the bar manager role, which is a lot right. of fucking work. Yeah, it is. People don't know that. All these yeah. people are like, oh, you know, business owners get all this money for nothing for other people's work. Like, they're stupid. Like, owning a business is a lot of damn work. Yeah. It is. So, people don't recognize that. Goddamn social. Yeah, I mean, the stretch of, of literally people's livelihoods being in your hands and shit like that. And, well, not to yeah. mention your own, like, yeah, the business goes under, you're you're kind of fucked and potentially in a lot of debt. Because well, you have all risk. Of, that's the beauty of the LLC is the LLC, the LLC, the business fails, the LLC, you just trash it. You bankrupt it. LLC sells off all of its valuables and goes bankrupt. You have no personal, you, you, you have a much higher field of personal liability in an LLC built properly. I shouldn't have said that because now you destroyed my point. Good job. Sorry. A personal now, um, business, though, that, the problem is so many people build their personal businesses as a personal business without shielding it under LLCs or corporations or anything like that. They just but you do still lose that. everything that was tied to your business if the LLC goes under. 
you do lose everything that's tied to your business. All right. Which is why we have a social contract. I don't know, actually. I, I, I'm not entirely sure of what the social contract actually is. Although the context in which I've heard it used is to argue against uh, ANCAPs or capitalism in general saying that you owe everyone else something for no reason. Well, it's kind of a catch-all term that has come to encompass. Like, for instance, uh, COVID pandemic breaks out. You have a responsibility to take a vaccine to stop the spread of it because of social contract. And if you don't agree with that, then you should be excluded from things because you are not compliant with the social contract. Well, I mean, look, if individuals want to exclude you, I mean, they certainly have every right um, to do that for any reason, I would say. But I, I don't think that, uh, I mean, the, the whole should, I, the, the should thing is, is the weird part to me. It's exactly. Like, what do you mean by should? And it's implied um, that, and they also like the implication that government authorities, you know, have the power to enforce this social contract. That's where it starts to go in even further down a rabbit hole of wrongness, in my opinion. Oh. The only social contract that I'm aware of is the, you know, Bill of Rights, Constitution, and so on and so forth. But anything beyond that is, well, doesn't exist, in my opinion. Mm hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I would even call that it. So, so like, the, what I like about the Bill of Rights is it does not require me to do jack squat for anyone else. The, exactly. the Bill of Rights gives you the right <laughs> to be left the fuck alone, more or less. Like, that's pretty much it. If you, if I would sum it up in a short sentence. It's like, so, leave people to find your own damn business. One thing I've seen about the, the idea of the social concept is that it was a lot more relevant before government started taking control of everything. You know, the, the social contract okay. back in the day, back in the land grab and, you know, Wild West founding of the country time, the social construct was, you know, if your neighbor needs help, you help. That was the social contract. You know, it was, we're all in this together. You know, we're a bunch of farmers and, you know, we're a bunch of people building this little small town in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's not like, you know, we only get mail once every month, you know, shit like that. So it's everybody steps in and helps everybody else to make sure that their community as a whole succeeds. Because, you know, it's one of those things if, if, you know, the farmer farmer can't, can't grow any food well then he's not selling it to the selling it to the grocer and the grocer's not feeding the town you know and that's where it originated which was completely viable at that time because that was that was something that was necessary you know you couldn't nobody could do it by themselves but then and, and oh, government God, started taking control of everything then it's those same social expectations were there, you know, 
where we got to we got to keep these farms running so that everybody has food. But all of a sudden, the government is enforcing this social construct. And then it, it just started getting convoluted over the years, you know, with, oh, this is we need to make sure the farms are still running. So the government's now going to the government's now going to subsidize those. And in order to make sure they're subsidized properly, the government is going to tax you so that they can make sure that the farmers keep making food so that you can still eat, you know, and then then that turned into Which is silly. Yeah. Then that turned into businesses that are too big to fail with the government getting involved and shit like that. And it's just kind of it, it's led down the road to the logical extreme where it, it seems like we're we're almost pushing the logical extreme. Of the social contract in the in the standpoint of you know when we covid was a perfect example of that where it's you're expected to give up your body autonomy for somebody else's safety you know and that's and and that's just it to me fuck no go fuck yourself that is not you know why yes yeah it, you know, yes, I will not, you know, I'm not going to get fucking, I don't know, something, I'm not going to get fucking smallpox and go hang around at the senior center. You know, <laughs> but at the same time. That'd be pretty it's, fucked it's up. Not, right? Sounds like I'll something to do in, 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 a, in an evil D&D campaign, like get yourself <laughs> sick and then go hang out yes, with old people. We totally, didn't, we totally didn't do that in an evil campaign already, but still. Uh, <laughs> It, but, I um, yeah, I so, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. But yeah, so it's it's kind of along those lines. It's you know we've lost the idea of the social construct or the social contract in that everybody expects all of this shit done to be done because their goals are what they expect society's goals to be, and therefore everybody should help with their goals. And that's that's where we lost sight of that true concept of a social con or contract, and it's just an obligation that the government wants to enforce because nobody wants to do it, even though you know they're setting their own goals instead of us setting our goals. Yeah. I think you have a great point of that. Um, correct also implies some level of legal liability. Now, what you were describing early on was very much so a small, local, simply hospitality and goodwill towards your neighbors. Now, there was no legal liability or contract status of that. That's where you hear of, oh, there's Bob. He's, you know, he's the, uh, he's the local black sheep and no, no one's bringing him a pie because they like him as their neighbor, right? <laughs> That's what happens to those individuals that don't go along with the local flavor, right? But at the yeah, same Bob time... Yeah, Bob help anybody else, so we're not going to sell him corn. Right, right. But at the same or at time... Least not going to do any favors there. At yeah. the same time, those that were hospitable and friendly <laughs> towards their neighbors and willing to give and take to help each other out, they also can have an expectation of help as well. So that's a, uh, that, that's a very good point 
uh, you make there. That was not some kind of contract. That was just a general goodwill towards your neighbors and hospitality and willingness to help out the community. But those that were not willing typically were not part of the community and were kind of shunned. So that, I think, works great on a small local level because also that local community can do what they need at the time and address it themselves instead of having some overarching big brother that's trying to tell them how to address it. They would know best how to address their own thing. But uh, what it's coming to now, like you said, Don, is where you know government's taking over stuff and it's trying to enforce some form of social contract that honestly you don't even know whether or not it's in your best interest. It's coming from somewhere else, someone outside. And especially as the COVID pandemic has shown, they don't always have your best interest in mind. Yeah. Well, I, I looked it up on the internet and I found a couple of things. Um, it sounds like what we're touching on is this uh, social contract theory says that people live together in a society in accordance with an agreement that establishes moral and political rules of behavior. Uh, no. <laughs> no, that's not what we're talking about. Well, yeah. No, no, no. I, I'm just saying no, that that's, that's not oh. how we should be operating. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> okay. No, no thank you. Not... Well, no, that, I, I that, is. That, that is. That is the definition, but that's not right. the... Okay. Sorry. In my opinion, that is absolutely how things should be operating. Because that's a, that's the perfect example. It's one of those things where, you know, cite back to little house on the prairie times you know if you want if if that's the social construct of this town we'll we'll use a little house in the prairie that's the social construct of walnut grove the social con the social contract of walnut grove says that if anybody needs help raising the barn everybody will join in and help I like yeah. That. Now, yeah now if you don't like that move out of walnut grove Everybody that lives or just in don't Grove, help, and then nobody helps you when you need a barn. Or, exactly, you know. yeah. Like that's and, exactly the way it should be ran. There shouldn't be where we're at now, which is a regulation saying everybody will help or they'll go to jail. You're going to pay for the, for this guy's barn at the point exactly. of yes. Yeah. Uh, and you're and, pay and for I think, these people to eat. And and Don, thank you. I I think that's a perfect example. Uh, a social contract like that should not be something that is a regulation. It simply is something that should be understood for a community, not so for a, a government. Not for a voluntary. government. Exactly. Voluntary for a community, but nothing that a government should enforce. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it comes back to the uh, the libertarian slash anarchist point of view. Exactly. Rolls by, right, right back around to, good. rolls right back around to voluntarism, right? Voluntarism. Yes. Yeah, yep. more or less. Like everything does. The the root of all evil is the opposite of that. Yes. The initiation right. of a force. Um, well, I think we, we pretty well nailed that down. I know, Don, you had something else. Uh, let's see what else you wanted to bring up, the uh, the cop thing that I forgot what it was called. Oh, yeah, I was just going to rant on qualified immunity. and. Uh, I know Blake and hates it, too. I don't know a lot about it. 
Well, Don, rant on, and maybe you can give a better explanation to John than I can, because I just pissed John off with that one. Yeah, I don't know why it pissed me off. I don't disagree with it. Yeah, we'll start with civil asset forfeiture. All right, that's a good one. So are you guys familiar? Well, actually, you know what? This podcast isn't aimed at you guys. You guys are here. So to our listeners, the idea of civil asset forfeiture is that a police officer or government official um, when interacting with the, with a civilian can look at a pile of money and the idea that makes civil asset forfeiture legal is they step in and they say, you know, traffic stop, for example, they stop, they stop you. They search your car because they're like, oh, you know, you're acting funny. We think there's drugs in the car. You search the car, the dog tips off, you know, no drugs in the car, but they find a duffel bag with, you know, $100,000 in cash, right? I the think I know the example in. you're going with. <laughs> There's 100 examples of this. It was the easiest one. But the cops then say, we're taking that $100,000 until you prove that that $100,000 wasn't gained from illegal activity. Hold on, hold on. It. We are taking the $100,000 because we suspect it could be involved in criminal activity, and you have to prove that it wasn't. Yes. Yep. We suspect this $100 is fruits from a fruits from illegal activity. It is now your responsibility to prove that this $100,000 is not fruits of illegal activity. Now, the way is that they a, get around... Sorry, go ahead. Hold on. Is there a time limit as far as how long they can keep your $100,000? No. And it's incredibly difficult to get back across the country. There's it's only like 3% of civil asset forfeiture cases ever actually results in the return of the money. Now I will say to be fair and on a positive note, multiple States so far have decided to do away with it or restrict it in some way because of abuse. They are they are working on restricting it. Several states, not close to the majority at all. Yeah, not, not close to the majority at all. Majority at all. Several. Um, the example, are, are uh, the example you quoted with the guy with the hundred thousand dollars, though, um, I think that one was that one made the news because the guy was uh, he went on a huge fight against it, and I think that's what I don't remember what state it was, but I think it actually resulted in the state trying to uh, move against it because he made headlines. Uh, he had a business down here in Florida, was driving up to somewhere in the Midwest because a guy had a semi-truck for sale. And he owned his own trucking company, a uh, small business trucking company, and he bought his own vehicles um, with his own drivers that he employed. And he was driving up there to take a look at a truck and buy it cash. And he had, I think, I think it was something like $80,000 in cash or 90000 in cash. What state driving did he pull up there. over I don't remember what state it was, unfortunately. Uh, but <laughs> on the way there, he got pulled over by a cop, and he was basically caught driving while black. And the cop did a whole search, claiming that he needed to search the car, open up a duffel bag full of cash, and uh, they took it. The worst part was it's not even his home state where his business was. So then he's got into a whole legal fight, and uh, I don't know what the outcome was in it. But I believe it. It made headlines because he was he was going all over it. Well, he said. So 
here's here's actually here's the, the example that pisses me off. One of the examples that pisses me off the most is San Bernardino sheriffs started robbing armored cars. What the fuck? That's literally what fucking happened. So Holy sheriffs of San Bernardino. So here's the trick. Here's how they did it. So because if you turn money over to the feds, the feds give you a finder's fee, 30%. Right? For local law enforcement. Okay. So what this guy, what this cop was doing, now California is a weed legal state, right? Yeah. However, um, league, because weed is not legal nationwide, so you cannot deposit money from uh, weed into a federally insured bank. Oh, because the bank can't handle weed money because they're federally insured and that is a federal crime. So the bank can't handle weed money. So but the banks, so a, a, literally it spawned a whole creation of a new type of bank. And what these banks are is these banks are bonded and insured privately so that they're not federally bonded and insured. And because they're not federally bonded and insured, they can handle weed money. So it spawned this whole creation of this new banking system. Well, hold on. Not new banking system. They're now opening banks again that are not federally insured. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. (laughs) I like that concept, though. Introducing a banking system that we haven't seen in 30 years. Yeah. So that's what they do, right? So they're like, okay. boom, here we go. We got this. Because that was one of the struggles that California and Colorado both faced when they when they went legal is they couldn't put the money in a bank. Now, once the money goes into the bank, then it goes into the system, back into the system. You know, you can use it on your debit card, everything like that. Everything's fine. Right. So what this cop was doing is this cop was because these businesses, these dispensaries, big dispensaries, can only use these certain banks. Now, since they're not getting, since, of course, you know, the the normal trucking companies, you know, Loomis, Fargo, those guys who normally do your armored trucks, those guys can't touch the money because the money is federally illegal and they are federally insured. So, again, new new business created, which was armored trucks that aren't federally insured. Nice. Right? So what these guys do is they new business, the armored truck company, and the armored truck company literally just runs, you know, a nice bulletproof armored van, everything like that. They go to the weed company, they pick up the money, they drive it to the bank, they drop it off. That's their job. So what the cop figures out is the cop pulls over the armored truck. And then he searches the armored truck. And then the armored truck has all of the paperwork saying that this money was made 100% legal in the county of San Bernardino in the state of California. This is legal money, 100%. All of the paperwork ties it to legal money, 100%. No laws were broken, and they've got all the paperwork to show why they've got, you know, the first, the, the first one that, that caused the most headlines was $1.2 million in cash. Oh, Jesus Christ. In this truck. Armed guards the whole nine yards. Because, you know, I mean, they're carrying $1.2 million. It was fucking, there was four guys with fucking, you know, with the most guns that they could carry legally in California. 
you know, they were a great big fucking target because, you know, so anyway. So the cop goes in, takes the money under civil asset forfeiture, and immediately turns it over to the feds and say, this is money that was gained from the from selling of marijuana, which is a federal crime. So feds, here you go. $1.2 million. We will take our 30% cut to go back to the San Bernardino Police Department and do with it what you will. And throw a party. So, so did that you know, weed company go under? Because that could put put a company under losing one point two million. That so that armored truck company lost ten million dollars in less than three months from the same cop. Oh, oh shit! The most they could get was they tried to get an injunction to stop the cop from pulling their cars from pulling their armored trucks over because they went in and said, look, dude. And the, and the judge was like, I got you hundred percent California. That money is 100% legal. And the feds go, that money was gained off of the selling of an illegal substance. It's ours. Feds refused to give back any of the money. San Bernardino made a lot of money off of it. Their cops did. And the judge's hands were tied because at a federal level, he can't, because it is a federal crime, he can't stop the cop from stopping the truck. Oh. Yeah, you can. They did. The cop no longer stops the trucks. That falls back on on an older social construct. Uh, Yeah, how did they stop it? Um, Well, they didn't put it out as officially that's what's happening but now all of their trucks are escorted by groups of bikers so when the yeah. cop why so that when they fell back on wild west law yeah you can stop our truck but you're gonna die yeah oh so like the cops are now afraid to stop the trucks the yeah. yep the company the company did not officially do anything and did not officially make a deal with a one percent bike club but mm-hmm. all of their trucks are now surrounded by a 1% bike club every time they travel. Oh. Because they can't get their money back. Well, well yeah. the thing is, they can't get their money back if those cops actually take it. But it's a lot easier to fight a charge saying that was wrongfully being pulled over. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing <laughs> is... That, yeah, if uh, if the cop pulls them over and the bikers shoot the cop, that's on the bikers, and there is no official contract between the company, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> Rather lawyer mm-hmm. up and 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 spend the money that way than just have it all taken right. away. Yeah. yeah they, well, hopefully they do get shot. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. So exactly. that was. So that's a perfect example of civil asset forfeiture. Um, another one for our listeners: um, Do not travel with large amounts of cash. Period. Anything yeah. over five hundred bucks, don't do it. Because another example: St. Louis Airport, St. Louis, Missouri, St. Louis Airport. They had an issue with TSA agents when they go through your bags, right? Everything like that. If they find an envelope of cash, because they had thirteen examples in less than two months of people traveling with you know, 500 to a thousand dollars or, 
you know, the one that made the news is like ten, fifteen thousand dollars of people who had legitimate money. They were legitimately traveling, going on vacation, shit like that. Wanted, you know, you go on vacation, you want to make sure you have cash. I, and and um, to to make it clear, I do believe uh, the amount of money that is supposed to be able to go through any kind of travel checklist for international travel anyway, um, that you're allowed to carry is $30,000. Yes. It's something obscene like that. Yeah. So anyway, so they were finding people with cash and the TSA agent, while they were doing their screening, would find the cash and then alert the cop. And then an airport cop, a local cop that was assigned to the airport would stop you, frisk you, find the cash and take it as civil asset forfeiture. No charges, no nothing. No, even this is affecting rich people then. Like, it's just weird <laughs> to me that someone who, okay, so you're talking about people that have enough spare money to have a bunch of cash on them. You know, well, for yes or no. Like, I mean, like, uh, another good, how are these people not, example. right? They should be. Well, and there was, there was a governor who got hit with it. Oh, yeah, that's right. There was. Yeah, Arkansas or Alabama or something like that. And he got hit with it. And he was like, we need to to fix this. And he couldn't even get it fixed in his own state. That's because a lot of agencies want that uh, commission on the collection. So you got a lot of powerful agencies that are federal agencies that are working against that. Um, But John, I mean, for instance, me, whenever I would drive up to come uh, Michigan with you guys, I'd carry like five, $800 in cash because I would rather just go, because there's still gas stations, for instance, that give you a cheaper rate to pay cash there instead of card processing. Couldn't you put it in your pocket? You could. Yeah. Yeah. But in this instance, this is, yeah. Yeah. uh, I mean, searching your car is one thing. I think it's different to search, search your person. Don't they need a warrant? There, or something there's actually to... a lower expectation on searching a person than there is on searching a car. Hey, what about a yeah. locked box? If you if you have a locked a box, box in your car, yes. A locked if the if the box is locked, they require a warrant. Right, which is some protection legally. It's some yeah. protection. So and, I guess if you have that... to carry a large amount of cash, get a locked box. Yes. They won't let a locked box through the airport, though. Yeah, sure. You have, to, you have to open it and show it. You, well, you could probably put it in your checked luggage. Yeah, potentially. All right, go on, Blake. You carry, you said, five to eight hundred bucks. Yeah, like I, that's something carried regularly just because, uh, of, for instance, let's say I'm dining at a table. I real, really am weird about giving someone my card. So pay cash at a restaurant. Uh, gas, I'll typically I just have it pay cash. You know, um, there's a lot of instances where cash is a lot easier, you know, and I prefer you know, using cash also. And as a person running a business, I hate paying that card processing fee. I love cash, but I drive to the bank and carry my, you know, concealed gun, you know, because I go do the bank deposits. <laughs> um, well, but the other thing is too, how likely do you think it is that you're going to get searched? I mean, like you and your wife and kid driving that get pulled over. I mean, I, I'm not agreeing with the policy, but I'm saying, I think that, it's a pretty low I risk. Think, 
I, I think likelihoods are low. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, the situation of someone driving in their car with cash and having it confiscated, it's probably just an opportunity thing when it occurs. Um, yeah, sure. But at the same time... I've never time, been searched by the cops. I've been pulled over plenty of times, not once as if I had my vehicle searched. Well, yeah, but you're also white. <laughs> yeah, but so is Blake. Yeah, yeah but I mean... Um, uh, I think it's one of those things where it's it's more of an opportunity thing than it is anything else. Um, if they like, for instance, let's say you have a gym bag sitting in your back seat, um, that's probably something that the cop might want to take a look at if they were to pull you over. Uh, they pull you over, they do the search. But there remember, you go. Even, even the gym bag <laughs> put a lock on. It, they just find dice for me. <laughs> Yeah, right. I mean, it's it's a thing, you know. Like you said, there, Don. You know, lock your gym bag then. But it's a. I think it's more of an opportunity thing no, than it is a. Or for instance, with the you know armored trucks and the you know the weed dispensaries, that was probably premeditated. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure it was. Especially since they kept doing it. Like yeah, yeah. Like the first time, maybe, but even then, probably not. But you know, they kept doing it, so. Well, and there was but, and there was a hundred percent intent there, just because you know, the he he did it with the reason of taking that money because they had California legal proof of that money is good. Yeah, we can account for. I mean, they literally the way they have to account for that money, they literally have the drivers have a manifesto list that's got the serial number of every bill. That's being deposited in the bank. They've got all of it right there with them. They've got a fucking like a 30 page stack of paper right there with them with every denomination, every serial number, you know, of all these bills and where they came from. And it's supposed to be to prevent that exact situation. Yeah, well, I, I really personally don't think that police officers should have the right to do anything that any citizen doesn't have the right to do. Oh, I mean, John, I love you. Thank you so much, John. You don't well, need, you don't have to have any special authority to do your job as a police officer. Like, get a warrant. You know, it got, I, I would guess, I don't know, but I would guess that I could call a judge and apply for a warrant to do something. Am I wrong? No, I don't think not. so. You cannot. You do not have the authority of a, of a police officer. And most so you states... Have to, and, well, in most states, people do have the option of what's known as a citizen's arrest. Um, limitations vary oh. by state, but okay. uh, and well, I think every state does have such a thing. But you can do I, I your citizen's then, arrest and then right, call well, the authorities. Right. I would modify my statement then and say that outside of a warrant, a police officer should not have the authority to do anything that any other person can doesn't have the authority to do. Yes. Well, the purpose of a warrant is is that a judge must give permission to this authority to Which break your rights. Yeah. And, right, but th oh. that, that's where it should be, I yeah. would say. That is the perfect segue into qualified immunity. Yes. Um, one, one quick caveat, though. One quick... Path. One quick caveat, though. Um, 
before we move on to qualified immunity, I would like to go back to uh, where the idea of the police, sheriffs, or a constable force came from. As we know them today, they actually, well, not as we know them today, but as we knew them in, like, say, Andy Griffith time. <laughs> uh, oh, Andy Griffith, that was a good cop. That was a good Yeah, cop. that was a good cop. He even got shot at by one of his uh, people in his community, and he didn't arrest him for it. <laughs> Jeez. That was well, a technically, yeah. Well, technically, because he was trespassing. That's valid. It's valid, yeah. But, um... It actually came from the dock protections uh, in England. The dock wanted its own security force and created their own constable force, which were everyday citizens, but they were known to be people who protected the docks. And they had no special permissions besides being a standing force to protect the docks. That was it. Enforce the dock owners, right, I, I and they were they were recognized by the magistrates and all that as uh, protections for the docks. They were enforcers. They were a constable force to enforce the existing law, like you can't steal, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and and so that's what our sheriffs were meant to be. They were modeled after that constable force of citizens, given. A known authority to enforce existing laws. Right? Not to go in and have any kind of special protections, but they're just citizens that are there to enforce the peace and existing law. That's it. Sure. Yeah. It, but it's well, gone and... way far away from that today. <laughs> way far. Way far. Well, that's what it should be. Um, yeah, police shouldn't have the right to do anything that uh that any other citizen can do outside of executing a warrant. Yeah. Yeah. And even a warrant's meant to be a special exception, right? A warrant is meant to be an exception. The judge says yes to to uh come to conclusion the prosecution of this, you know, criminal activity, you need a special exception to go beyond and potentially, you know, break someone's rights and the judge is the one that's given the arbiter choice of warranting that breach of rights yes is there justifiable cause breaking that person's rights which is exactly what a warrant is because we don't have the authority to break somebody else's rights but the police don't either that the judge does so, in this case. Qualified immunity. The doctrine of qualified immunity was launched in 1994, so it was approved. It was during our high online. You're not, uh, Don. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I can hear you. It's fine. Totally. Blake can't hear me. That's recording. The recording is on his side, so. Well, can no. You hear me now? Um, I'm turning my fight. I didn't have it on. Dumb me. Ah, can you hear me now? I can hear you much better now. Yes. Okay. So, uh, qualified immunity was a doctrine that was launched in 1990 or 1994 during the uh, during the rise of, you know, the war on crime. We were gonna dare and keep these streets clean and think of the children. 
And the irony is two of the chief architects of the qualified immunity are our current president and vice president. Yep. Oh, Biden and Harris. Biden and Harris are two of the architects of qualified immunity. So what the idea of qualified immunity is, is that because of the low level of training the cops receive, that sometimes cops are going to accidentally, unknowingly, violate somebody's rights because they don't know the law you know because the cops can't be expected to know all the laws at all times so it's it's one of those things where you know the idea <laughs> it'd be nice if that applied uh, to to everyone else the the idea ironically yes it would be nice that that applies so to touch back on johnson real quick no cops have more rights than you because yep. they have the ability to violate your rights and I can get away with it. Get away with it. Cops literally have more rights than you do as a citizen. So uh, one one, one little quick was, thing. Oh, <laughs> may I, Don? Yes. Um, by the way, the whole push for that war on drugs uh, and that time and the war on crime, right? At that time that uh, our esteemed vice president and uh, especially uh, Miss Harris. Uh, I'm sorry, our esteemed president and vice president Harris uh, in California anyway, created more corrupt cops by their directions than anybody else has. Ever. Ever, yeah. They created corrupt cops because they knew they could get away with shit. Hmm. Well, sorry, Don, I mean, to interrupt. Go yeah. ahead. Oh, no, no, I can, yeah. I can get... Yeah, we can do a whole one on the war on drugs. That was literally just the CIA trying to corner the market. Yeah. Um, During the 80s and 90s, CIA sold 70% of crack in this country. Um, What was that, John? I mean, doesn't that kind of give some credence to something like BLM that hates cops? Yeah, uh, yes, you know, the, it the actually does. Stuff. I mean, I'm not, I'm not generally a supporter of BLM, to be honest, but um, with things well, like that, like I, you know, maybe there's there's some. So, like for me, for example, I'm not saying that I disagree with BLM and their ideas. I'm saying that I disagree with their execution. Well, their, it depends on who you're talking about, because there's that the black lives matter movement that happened. And then there's the organization that was started the organization. And then, and I think one of them, the president lady that was in charge of that whole organization, that was a terrible thing. The movement itself though. And the idea behind it, I do agree with, I don't agree with that organization or its practices or the fact that they raided all that money. We'll have to jump away from this one real quick. Uh, That'll lead into a different topic of me hating mega churches. So, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Um, so, Moving on. We should do. We should do I, I, well, I think what, what gets me pissed off, you know, sometimes when when talking to you, Blake, particularly because I don't know, I don't understand why I had that reaction sometimes. But I mean, I've always been kind of opposed to that because I thought, because to me, like I look at society and I'm like, well. 
like being black doesn't mean you can't be successful. Black people are successful all the time. Yeah, they are. It, it's an excuse. And then we had all those protests and riots, and I think at one point they were actually shooting police officers uh, at one of their their riots in mm-hmm. like Louisiana. I want to say, I don't remember. Yeah, and there and were also the a police lot of officers has, have been shot, but. And, and and generally, my I'm like, oh, that's so horrible. But then you're talking about this qualified immunity and things that they can do or maybe have done and have done on some occasion. And like, and, and it's a clash for me because on one hand, there's this movement that I more or less detest, um, and then on the other hand, you're telling me about this, and it's like, well, maybe they have a point. So. No, it's uh, I. I completely understand where you're coming from, John. I I do. I completely understand. I because you're right. You know, anybody can become anything they want to be, and anybody can you know move or move up, down, whatever at any point. There's no. I don't think that there is any real race barrier to that. And from that standpoint, some of the things that uh, were put forward. Uh, like the, oh, I got my race card, you know, for, you know, in either direction, whatever race card you want to say. I disagree with that uh, uh, wholeheartedly. But I will say, uh, as far as the whole Black Lives Matter movement and the police shit that went uh, down with it, uh, let's, I mean, I'm not going to beat around the bush. It very much does seem like the CIA targeted uh, communities that were, you know, lower income communities, uh, predominantly of black people and basically introduced crack to be sold. Well, from I, those I wanna, communities. I, and, I, that, I and, then they, and then they use that as the excuse to move in with basically a whole police brutality movement into those See, communities. But, I want to interject because I think this is one of the insidious parts of that whole uh I don't know, cultural conflict or whatever maybe you want to call it is because on one side you've got, well, you know, cops just kill black people, murder black people for no reason. And then, uh, you know, and then you've got, you know, the other side was supporting the police and whatnot. And and then all of the the major riots, maybe not all, the vast majority of the the major riots took a situation like, uh, what was the one in, uh, there was one where the the guy was charging the cop. No, I'm talking oh. more recent. Oh, George the guy Floyd. was charged. Yeah, it was charging the cop when the cop shot him. Like, yeah. oh, no. he, well, what the fuck are you gonna do? The guy's charging you. Like, I don't blame the cop for that. Nobody does. But then, so but they take situations where there's it's makes perfect sense. Like anyone would have shot that guy in that situation. I would have. I don't care what color they are. Like some big guys that can be, kick my ass is charging at me, and I've got a gun. I'm gonna shoot his ass. Like anyone would do yeah. that. And then they make that like the rally cry, and it's insidious <laughs> because it it that's what creates this this um, conflict. Because I, I don't think that there really is a conflict. Because if you would stick, if they would stick to a case, cases which. I can't even tell you about them because I don't they don't come up in the news. Like cases where there's actual legitimate 
police overreach and police like either brutality or cops just well, killing black people for no reason. If they would stick to the cases that were legit, then there wouldn't be a conflict. Yeah. And everybody like, yeah, that this sucks. Let's do this. But they don't do that. They sensationalize well, these cases that are borderline or that uh, you know where the police are justified, and then this creates the the, the conflict that exists. Because a lot we'll of times the, the cases the cases that are the cases that are legit are resolved. They they get resolved. It takes time, but they get resolved. Uh, the Breonna Taylor one was a perfect example of a of a case that was a hundred percent legit for fucking amazing outrage, amazing outrage. So the Breonna oh. Taylor case was uh, basically cops get a warrant, they get a no knock warrant, which is super shady to begin with, but they get a no knock warrant. And so they get the warrant. They got a SWAT team. They roll in to the house. They go in and they're looking for a meth lab, right? So they're looking for a meth lab. So they roll in. They go through. There's a couple sleeping in bed. The husband or boyfriend or whatever, you know, gets up, freaks out. And the wife wakes up. And starts to move, and they literally kill her in her sleep. They shoot her like six times in the bed. Now, the the thing that the thing that's shitty. Yes, they had no business, you know. But they, you know, there was she could have had a gun. Blah blah. blah we were looking for meth lab, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, the the thing that caused so much outrage on the Breonna Taylor case is that they were on the wrong road. That was not the house they were supposed to be. They were supposed to be raiding. Mm-hmm. Not nice that it got missed. resolved, though. It got resolved. So the reason there was so much outcry about it is because initially, qualified immunity applied to all of those cops because it was a mistake. No cops were getting charged for any of it because it was just a mistake, and we don't punish cops for their mistakes. Um, I'll may I. St- step in just for one comment hold on no uh, yeah um you you remember the oj trial right john i do kind of at a certain point when the same things keep happening and no one's doing anything about it public outcry reaches a point where it doesn't matter if they were justified or not the people are just fucking pissed off Rodney King is a much better example than, than OJ. Well, that's what I'm saying. OJ is because of Rodney King. OJ. It didn't matter whether or not OJ did it. Uh-huh. They were not going to find him guilty. They did not care whether or not he was guilty. That man was getting off on it no matter what because of Rodney King. Because they didn't want another Rodney King's riot. Exactly. And so right. public outcry has reached a point regarding this shit because of qualified immunity, because of whether or not it was just a good shoot or a bad shoot. They still keep fucking shooting people, and qualified immunity gets a lot of the people, even in a bad shoot, off. And they're just like, no fucking more. I don't care if that officer was, that was a completely clean, 100% legit shoot. No fucking more. That's where it's at. So, Don, how does it, you said that it was resolved. So, the Breonna Taylor thing was... So the Breonna Taylor thing rallied a massive amount of public outcry because legit. I mean, the chick that they shot was a paramedic. 
The cops literally knew her. Those cops that shot her worked with her. You know, and there was a massive amount of outcry because it was, oh, the cops made a mistake. Oops, our bad. Um, yeah, qualified <laughs> immunity. Nobody gets in trouble. And that was it. And the moment and the moment the qualified immunity kicked in, it, it kicked in a lot of other things, which I'll touch on in just a minute when I go back over finishing going back over qualified immunity. But so there was it took several years of massive amount of public outcry, judges getting replaced, threatening to replace, you know, governors, shit like that, to finally get the cops charged properly. And still, of the four cops that were involved, only like two of them actually got any criminal charges for literally okay. shooting a woman in her sleep in the wrong house. So criminal charges as in murder? They went, prison, murder? They, they went to prison for manslaughter. Oh, third degree murder? Yeah. They couldn't even, yeah. So anyway, but, okay, so <laughs> To go back on finishing the explanation of uh, qualified immunity. Original purpose of qualified immunity was to shield police officers from civil liabilities so that you couldn't sue a cop civilly. Doesn't qualified immunity, and this is a big one that people don't get about qualified immunity. Qualified immunity does not shield police officers from criminal charges. Period. It does not do that in any way, shape, or form. Now, a lot of the proponents and people that say we need qualified immunity to protect our cops, they they cite, you know, that it's, you know, to protect the cops from the from the criminal side of it. But that's not what qualified immunity does. All qualified immunity does is protect the cop from civil liability. That's all it does. So also, it's got the caveat in it. They and it's super. And that's one of the biggest problems with the way most states wrote their qualified immunity rules is qualified immunity shields a cop unless there is a clearly applicable precedent set in that circuit that the cop can't do that. So, but then basically what it does is it says that the cops are 100% shielded from any civil any civil liability. Now, once the civil liability, they're protected from the civil liability, there are rarely ever charges brought. Because they're protected from the civil liability of it. So there's rarely any charges brought because it opens up a it opens up a catch-22 situation where the cop is criminally liable for shooting this person, but they can't be sued for the wrongful death of that person, which opens up a whole big legal loophole. And so judges and DAs rarely ever charge a cop who's cleared using qualified immunity. Now so that's what qualified immunity is. Qualified immunity is a cop can break, a cop can destroy your, violate your rights as long as they didn't know any better. And that includes making up a law. I'm going to arrest you. Well, actually, that's a bad example because that one's just not covered under qualified immunity. But a lot of cops try to use it for situations like, I'm going to arrest you for calling me a pig. You talk shit to me, I'm going to arrest you. That's one of the, that's a super common qualified immunity case where the cop applies qualified immunity saying, I thought that was the interpretation of the disturbing the peace law. And then the courts come back and say, you know, it's not. 
we have precedent set here in this circuit saying that you're you're not covered under that. And so that happens quite a bit. But one of the big things that happens is qualified immunity. The Breonna Taylor case was one example that actually got resolved properly. Well, in my opinion, all the cops that shot her should have been should have been charged. But um, when you're looking at situations, um, what was the what's another good one? Oh, a great one. Okay, so guy's in his garage, minding his own business, middle of the afternoon in a in a suburban neighborhood. God, I want to say it was like Illinois or Iowa or some shit. I think Blake great. told me this one. This one's great. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm telling the listeners now. Sorry. Unless you want me to give a different <laughs> No, no, tell it. Yeah. Tell it. No, I'm not. I'm saying Blake might be able to fill in some holes if you forgot. No, he's yeah. got it. So basically what this cop, so the neighbors call the cops on disturbing the peace. Because they say the the day. is making all kinds, because he's, he's, building, he's building something like a bookshelf or a cabinet or something in his garage. In his garage, on his property. Boom. Done. Yeah. During daytime hours. This was not evening, anything like that. He's not violating any local ordinance on noise or anything like that. He's legit just minding his own damn business. So, living the American dream. So, cop shows up. And, mind you, the cop should not have been showing up in the first place. The dispatcher should have told the person, he's not violating any rules, eat a dick. But the cop showed up to politely... Tell the guy that he was annoying his neighbors. That's why the cop showed up. Officially. So a cop shows up. <laughs> Guys, you know, his garage door is open. He's 100% visible. The cop can see the guy standing in front of a table saw cutting, cutting wood. Cop shouts out to him. Guy's wearing earplugs because that's what you do when you're you know, when you're working with a fucking table saw and you like your hearing. So, of course, guy doesn't hear cop. So, cop enters the guy's garage and, you know, tries to get the guy's attention. Well, as soon as the guy, as soon as the guy finishes cutting the piece of wood, the guy notices the cop there. Now, the guy does not know he's a cop, hasn't been identified, everything like that. And so the guy, as far as the guy is concerned, there's just somebody in his garage now. So the guy's piece of wood that he's holding picks it up like he's going to swing. Now, he's 15 feet from the cop. So he's clearly not going to hit the cop with the piece of wood. He's 15 feet away. He's well, you know, and he turns as any of us would saying, you know, what the fuck? Holding a piece of wood up, right? Defensive gesture defensive gesture cop shoots him dead three shots three rounds in the guy qualified immunity applies now the reason qualified immunity applied is because the cop didn't know that he wasn't allowed to shoot the guy who was holding a piece of wood in a defensive measure now <laughs> the irony the irony of qualified immunity so the cop receives no no criminal charges and it's completely shielded from liability from a civil side. Nothing happens to this cop. Didn't even get administrative leave. Nothing. Now, the irony is the state that he was in, because he was in the Ninth Circuit. And the state that he was in, had the guy been holding a frying pan. Right? 
had the guy been holding a frying pan, qualified immunity would not have applied because there is a clear precedent set within that circuit of a cop shooting a woman before qualified immunity exists, of a cop shooting a woman who was holding a frying pan and threatening a cop and qualified and, you know, the cop got a bad shot, you know, bad shooting and got thrown in jail. So had the guy been holding a frying pan and not a piece of wood, qualified immunity would not have applied because there was a clear precedent already set. But because the guy was holding a piece of wood and not a frying pan, qualified immunity did not apply because there were no appropriate similar situations. And that was it. Yeah, there was another instance. Um, I forget where it was. But, and in this one, John, was a white guy. Oh, no. Uh, see, Blake, this is where you start pissing me off. Oh, Because okay. you get that tone. And it, it, I Blake don't know. mansplaining. Knock it the fuck off. I'm not trying to mansplain. I was just. I know you're not it. trying to mansplain, but you are. Okay. Well, anyway, it was a guy, and the he'd been he came out of his room. I forget why the cop was there, uh, but the the guy was actually down on his knees, begging the cop not to shoot him, and the cop still shot him uh, because he feared for his life. And I don't know if that one was resolved or not, but the guy, uh, the cop I know, was... I know that one. That one was not resolved, and it was verified that the guy was begging for his life on the cop's body. Yeah. And the cop still shot him. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I am going to point out that you can beg for your life with, like, a gun behind your back. Like, I, well, I, I'm, in, not, in this, in this I'm not excusing case, that instance. Yeah, this specific case is a lot more obvious because a guy literally on the cop's body cam, you could see both of his hands on the ground. He was on his hands and knees. Both hands on the ground, clearly visible, nothing there. Uh, okay. But that was, I mean, these, these are, these are the, the high-profile examples. Yeah. Of, but, I mean, one of, them, one of them that caught a lot of outrage um, that never got, again, never got resolved. Uh, I think I've talked about this one multiple times where the cop is investigating a suicide going around a guy's apartment, investigating a suicide and steals money from the guy. There's literally an envelope with money with a suicide note saying, here's the rest of my money, cover my funeral expenses, some shit like that. And the guy and the cop looks in the envelope, takes the money, puts it in his pocket. <laughs> yeah. Great seal. Straight commits theft. It's viewed because the guy had a nanny cam, and it's viewed on the nanny cam. So when the so the family comes through, and as they're clearing out all of his stuff, they check the nanny cam, and they see the cop. Literally, they've got video evidence of the cop stealing the fucking money. Because they look at the note, and there's no money. You know, they look at the suicide so note. put your suicide money no in money. a locked box, too, is, is the moral <laughs> of the story. So here's the problem, and here's where it becomes such a bullshit issue. Is so the cop goes in and says, you know, the the family's like, give us the money back. It's his fucking money, and you stole it. Give us our money back. You know? And the cop's like, no, I don't have to. And 
qualified immunity applied because the cop there was no clear precedent set in that circuit that the cop couldn't pocket money from a crime scene. Qualified immunity applied, completely shielded, and nobody ever made the guy give money back. Ever. Yeah, well, and what's going to happen in... I can't... I got to be careful because I'm not promoting violence. But but as a prediction, the result of that is you get people... (laughs) just killing cops like it's creating a situation where if a cop shows up you're almost better off just shooting at them because then it at least you won't be dead yeah yeah the overall the overall rise in abuse of qualified immunity is potentially going to lead to violence against cops which we don't want and you know something's got to give something's going to break and that's that's a big issue with qualified immunity is oh actually oh no the perfect one um yes the guy the stalker dude okay so this one happened literally last year like last year we're talking like 2022 so cop is uh so cop working in arizona he goes and there's uh there's a female tow truck driver literally that's you know the cops call her. She goes and picks up cars that are that are needed to be impounded, right? So this cop likes her. He thinks it. You know he thinks she's cute. She keeps turning him down, right? So he gets her person. He goes through the police files and gets her personal cell phone number and starts messaging her. And she's like, "Dude, knock it off." Now she can't get a restraining order against him because she works with him. Number one and number two, you can't really get a restraining order against a cop. Just not just for harassment because you know it's pointless. But so then she's like, you know, just knock it off. So the cop goes and uses again uses the police record, uses the police files to figure out what kind of car she drives and where she lives, and then starts staking out areas around her house, and then pulls her over. Literally, at one time he's on fucking body cam, on body cam. At one point. And he pulls her over, and she's like, here's license and registration. And she knows him, but she's like, here's license and registration. And he's like, oh, no, you don't need to do that. I just wanted to talk with you. I, I just wanted to talk to you because I think you're beautiful. That's the whole reason I pulled you over. I just wanted to talk to you because I think you're beautiful. And you haven't been responding to me, my text messages. And she's like, I will file a complaint. And he straight tells her on body cam, there's no point in filing a complaint because qualified immunity applies because there's no precedent close enough to this one for for me to get in any trouble. And guess what the result of that was? It's amazing. Didn't, didn't you tell me that, that a judge told him to stop or something? So a judge tells him to stop, but the judge cannot order him to stop because qualified immunity is <clears throat> And would that not set a precedent, or is it so here's the tricky part about qualified immunity. So since qualified with the creation of qualified immunity and the process of qualified immunity, every time a case gets thrown out for qualified immunity, because the case was thrown out for qualified immunity, it does not no, qualify no as a precedent for qualified immunity. Oh. So literally the same cop can do the exact same thing. And because even, even the judge acknowledged, the judge acknowledged, he's like, 
you know this is wrong. And you also know that qualified immunity applies. And you're right, qualified immunity applies, and I can't do anything about this. Even though you know it's wrong, you know it's illegal, you know that you violated her rights, I can't do anything about it because qualified immunity. Mm-hmm. Well, and then what? what's the reverse of that if, let's say, qualified immunity does not exist at all? Well, I guess we would have what we had before the 90s or whenever it went into effect. Yeah, yes. before policing would be back the way it was in the 80s, which was if a cop shoots somebody, then it goes up to trial. So basically, so here's the two arguments on that. And there was there's a lot of argument put on from a lot of the big police, uh, the police unions across the country, whenever qualified immunity is talked about. <laughs> the police unions get involved quite a bit. And a lot of the conversations about it the police say it'll make the cops hesitant to do their job because they're afraid of lawsuits. Mm-hmm. And yes, it, it would it would open up departments to more lawsuits, potentially more frivolous lawsuits, but more lawsuits overall. Sure. And well, I, that's what well, I'm, I, I'm less afraid do. of the police not doing their job than I am of what the police do with exactly and that's and that's exactly what everybody else is saying is okay well let them not do their job then that's fine you know you can mostly take care of yourself you know so i i would be okay with the cops not doing their job or if they just kind of disappeared more or less well i think it also I, I think it creates another issue also where like a lot of people uh, came out with the whole like back the blue thin blue line thing right uh-huh. um, there's actually a lot of good cops out there that don't do that mm-hmm. kind of shit and but they don't need qualified immunity they don't need qualified immunity to do their jobs exactly but what this ends up doing is just like we were saying you're creating a situation where it doesn't matter if you're a good cop or a bad cop. You're wearing that uniform, and I'm afraid for myself that I'm going to be, you know, suicided by cop uh, because you've arrived. And so these good cops are now afraid because they know they're wearing the uniform as well. And no one's going to see Bill, the guy that, you know, is the nice neighborhood watch guy. They're just going to see that's a cop, he has a gun. Am I going to die right now? And thusly, maybe take more drastic action. It creates a war between the cops that are just trying to do their job and protect people with the people because those cops are also associated with those guys doing the bad things. So, because here's my thing on it. My my stance on, on policing and police officers. I 100% support the role of a police officer as long as qualified immunity as long as policies like qualified immunity and civil asset forfeiture are in existence i cannot morally support the police organization exactly because the good cops if you're a good cop you don't need qualified immunity yeah if you're you know so the good cops need to be supporting and rallying the removal of qualified immunity 
as long as the right. good cops aren't removing, aren't supporting and removing qualified immunity, then they're in the same lot. They're at least complicit. They're they're yeah. They're is there they any are, movement to repeal qualified immunity? Not not from the there's several movements, but not from the police department. Right. Yeah. yeah. I will. Well, I will go. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, John. Yeah, my view might be somewhat biased because I live in like bumfuck nowhere. So, <laughs> like, I barely see cops, and when I do, it's a sheriff because. Oh no, that's not correct. No, we do have a uh, uh, municipal police, but um, they're well, not even on duty all the time, sheriffs, right? Huh? Those twats that pulled us over weren't sheriffs, right? Oh, they were state police, state troopers. Oh, they were state guys. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So they 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 were twats. They were just mad because they I wasn't drunk, and, they thought <laughs> they and because I kept lie. answering questions because I was in a hurry. Yeah, um, I'm really mad about that. But I mean, anyway, so my interactions with the police are bullshit. Like, never have I had an interaction with a police officer where it's like the police officer was helping me out or coming to my aid or doing anything for me. It was either giving me a speeding ticket, which I get that, you know, speed limits being enforced makes sense to me. Like, I don't complain a lot about getting speed speeding tickets, but it's either that or, you know, other bullshit. Like, uh, my neighbor called the police because they didn't like my yard or some shit. But, um, so where I live, like, I could see, like, not having police would be a nut positive for me, you know, especially if my property taxes went down because I don't have to pay for the salary of police officers and shit. Um, so it, it's easy for me to say, like, we don't need the police because uh, there's not really any crime there because everybody's got a gun. So, like, trying to break into people's houses out there is like kind of suicide. <laughs> Rush to be honest, let. <laughs> but, like, yeah. So, you know, and, uh, but I also understand that cities are very different. Um, there's a lot more crime in cities and, you know, break-ins and, you know, maybe muggings and stuff like that. And, but, uh, yeah, I, I just think that I, I'm much less afraid of the police not doing their job than I am of uh, of them overdoing their job or going beyond so their bounds. I can give you a perspective because I lived in Vegas for a year and a half. You know, that that to me counts as a big city. Yeah. yeah. Well, we lived so, in San Diego. Yeah, we lived in San Diego. Actually, San Diego, actually comparing and contrasting San Diego and, and Vegas is a perfect example. San Diego, uh, last time I went down to San Diego, not saying anything bad about San Diego, but oh my God, the homeless problem is fucking bad down there. It's California um, in general, dude. Uh, no, no. I, I, lived, I lived in Northern California, too. Oh, okay. Well, well it, it gets bad. cold in Northern California. No, it doesn't. It gets well. It, it gets down to like it gets down to like forty out there. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, well, but there's also San Francisco and Sacramento up there too. Yeah, that, Sacramento well, does get cold. Sacramento, oh, Sacramento is central, and Sacramento gets snow. Oh, okay. Well, that's weird. Higher yeah. elevation. Oh, no, it, 
Yeah, no, it's it's when you're right on the coast like that, it shields you from the majority of the snow on the Pacific Ocean. Oh. Well, anyway, we're talking about San Diego. Yeah. Homeless anyway, people San in San Diego. Yeah. Homeless people in San Diego and the cops aren't doing anything because they can't because of policies and this and that. So, yeah, what the fuck do they need qualified immunity for? It's not like they're doing their job to begin with. It's not like they're keeping the streets clean. Why do they even need to be there? But then you look yeah. at you look at Vegas. Yeah, cops are super fucking useful in Vegas. As long as, you know, they're minding their own business and doing the cop thing. Super useful because Vegas has some legit crime going on. Mm. Not saying San Diego doesn't have legit crime going on. I'm sure it happens in certain neighborhoods. But Chula Vista. In, in Vegas, the homeless population is kept under control amazingly well. But they're a tourist city and don't want, you know, don't want everybody to not show up. So they put rules in place telling the cops to get the homeless off the fucking street. No shitting on our streets. Yeah. Oh, where? Oh, in Vegas. Yeah. yeah um, Vegas. There's no people there. Or there's no well, shit there's, on the street. Yeah, there's no shit on the street. There's lots of homeless people, but they all go under the Um, They probably hang out I'll in the say- casinos. I'll say I get my tax no, dollars no. worth. Casino casino security chases them out in heartbeat. No, the uh, the homeless. How do they know? Oh, they, they look homeless, like they smell bad or, or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah, no. they, yeah. So the uh, the homeless population pretty much lives in the city because underneath Vegas is because Vegas is desert, and so yeah. it doesn't absorb water very well. So underneath Vegas, there's a whole massive drainage system. For when it basically whenever it rains to prevent flash floods, and so the oh. homeless live down in those tunnels. Well, that is very D and D ish, right? <laughs> I didn't know that was a real thing. They live. Yeah, in the they catacombs. actually live in the catacombs, they, huh? Yeah, they live <laughs> in the catacombs. Like it goes under all the casinos and shit, or like yeah, yep. under several parts of the city through the main or under the casinos. I mean, it goes, it's not like directly under the casinos, it's around the casinos, because casinos have yeah. really large substructures underneath them. I'm but, guessing you yeah. wouldn't want to go down there. Oh, yeah, no, I you couldn't fucking pay me to go down there. I'd get syphilis yeah, just fucking stink. looking around. Yeah. Yeah. Syphilis yeah. from looking around. <laughs> um, but, I mean, like, look, I'll, I'll say, if, but if oh. you could get a shower in a set of clothes... And then you could, and then just like you could play like the penny slots and at least be in some air conditioning all day. I get free drinks. You could do that for a long time and get free drinks. Like if I were homeless, that's what I would do if I were homeless in Vegas. Like you can go to a truck stop and get a shower for like 13 bucks and then get some cheap clothes that are clean so you don't smell homeless. And then sit and, and then you know if you got a backpack, stick your clothes in there when you're not you know your clean set or whatever. Oh, dude! Yeah, you, you can, go, uh, just go to one of the go to one of the thrift shops where you can you know you can it's a dollar for you know a shirt and a dollar for a pair of pants. Wear those just, until well, they, you know. Theoretically, you could just wander around the casino too and wait for someone that had a plate brought beside them, and when they walk away and just leave that plate, that, if there's food on that food. plate, that's free food. You you get that expensive. you get that once, you get that yeah. once. You get that as once. As, as soon as you do that, then security is escorting your ass out. 
But you could at least, you know, be in the air conditioning, you know, playing penny slots or something all day. Yeah. 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 That's one thing that, that you, <clears throat> people always underestimate about the casinos. I would argue that those casinos in Vegas have better security than as good security as like almost the fucking White House. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I can guarantee um, you they've got a larger security staff. Anyway, that's uh, that's the take on Vegas. I've been there, <laughs> yeah, but I never so, lived there. But yeah, so back to the uh, back to the idea of qualified immunity. Yeah, cops don't need it to do their jobs. Any cop that thinks that they need qualified immunity in order to be able to do their job doesn't know how to fucking police. Well, here's something uh, of interest. And this is because a buddy of mine was actually a uh, police officer um, and he was let go. He was fired. So, you know that your sheriff locally is elected, right? Yes. Yeah. That. And that elected official would represent the people's interests. But all municipal, but those are the minority of officers, honestly. Sheriffs are the minority out there. And I've oh, never yeah. had a problem with the sheriff's department. I actually call the sheriff's department instead of the local police in most situations because they instead will step in and take care of it. Yeah, because they will step in to take care of it if it's within their jurisdiction to do so. Otherwise, they'll just call your municipal police and be like, hey, you know, uh, or just connect you right into the 911 line if they can't. Right. And uh, I've. I've had to do that on a couple times. Um, but I can't say that I've had a bad uh, dealing with, uh, as you know, running the business here, um, dealing with the police officers. I haven't had a bad situation, though I, I was almost. With the sheriff? Uh, uh, n- none or, with the sheriff's department. Um, I, I was probably close to being taken away once because it was a dispute between me and a customer where they were just really being unreasonable and failed to meet my expectations of human decency. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, uh, is that Michaela actually stepped in and prevented me from escalating the situation. That's a nice little thing. Your wife. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she did. (laughs) Um, But, uh, but, you know, I mean, of course, you know they—they, they, you know, the police officers show up, and because uh, they had jurisdiction in that kind of situation, and uh, questions were made, and needless to say, it ended up in a restraining order against the individual. But um, sheriff's departments are usually really reasonable as officers. Well, I, I, I think they're the only law enforcement agency where they actually take notes of the Constitution. The oath well, they're elected. They're an elected individual. You know, well, well, the, the, also, the, the head they of the sheriff. the only ones who, who swear to the Constitution. Yes. Right. It's only the sheriff. Well, it, and I think the deputies do, too, oh. but I'm not sure. Yeah, the deputies do, too. Yeah. The they're appointed. Do the deputies. Because they're, yeah. They're also super selective, like stupidly selective on who they make a deputy. Well, yeah, I would be, too, if that deputy's performance resulted in me having a job. Yeah, I know. So... With that being said, municipal to police departments, though, 
are simply a hired agency by your city. Yep. Right. And uh, that's the situation with my friend. He joined a municipal police department and he didn't like the way things were occurring and was questioning how they were handling situations. Uh, he's Marine also. And uh, they fired him the minute they got a yeah. chance to. Because he wasn't going along with the, the bad stuff or something. He wasn't going along with the, yeah, the way that they were handling things and running things. And because of that, he was let go. The minute well, they got a chance... You should apply to the well, sheriff's. Well, because of how they let him go, he's got a bad flag on his record. And uh, he, he moved on from there and whatnot. He, but, he's uh, got a flag as a troublemaker. Right. So, uh, I mean, you can you can look at it and see, you know, see, obviously, it's bullshit. Uh, but the reason they let him go was something that probably would have been overlooked by someone that the department liked. They decided to nail him for it and hammer him for it. And I also think that the sheriff's department has authority over municipal police and they, they could potentially save you from the uh, in, municipal police. In cases, in cases of overlapping jurisdiction, yes, the sheriff's department is the higher ranking department. Well, yeah. I mean, every no matter where you are, you have a sheriff's department. Well, yeah. Well, but, it, uh, so I gave the general caveat of in cases of overlapping jurisdiction, the sheriff's department has like a super big jurisdiction. Do you mean like territorially, or are you talking more like legal jurisdiction? Territorial. Sure. Yeah, the, Territorial. yeah. There's a it's a county. Each county has yeah. a sheriff. And yeah, exactly. every, no matter where you are in the in the country, you're in a county. Yep. So there's always a sheriff. Um, now, so like, so like in my example, in, in my case, you know, when we're driving out to Alpena, outside of Hillman, we cross into Alpena County. So the so the sheriffs that I hang out with and drink with can't do shit outside of town. Oh well, yeah, it would the Alpena sheriff could though. <laughs> the Alpena sheriff, could, yeah. Well, I, I think maybe um, is this what you're referring to, John? So let's say um, let's say the the Hillman uh, has a police department, right? And that police department is maybe involved in some criminal activity. So the Hillman sheriff theoretically could step in and go after the yeah, Hillman that, police that's department. Actually, that happens. Luckily, that happens every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, there was, and uh, that's there true. Was, the sheriff has the yeah, higher authority. Uh, yeah, I, I, I saw, saw a guy one where a sheriff went in and and literally a sheriff's department went in and arrested an entire municipal police department. Oh, the whole thing. Yep, all of them arrested wow. every single one of them for corruption and abuse. They cleaned the house. It's like the that one show where the Rock becomes a sheriff, and he's got yeah, like a. But that's, yeah, but that's super rare. They were, well, they have to make sure. Where if you had, you know, if you could get a movement going, if you've got one of those shitty municipal police departments, you could appeal to the, the sheriff's department to bail your, you know, to do something about it, potentially. Well, one of the big problems, 
one of the big problems with the whole municipal police department is like i said they're hired by a city right and they get to appoint their chief of police most of the time their chief of police is they're in the pocket of the city sure and that's where you have overlapping problematic situations sheriff's department selected by the people they don't give a shit about any city council anywhere or county council honestly uh they're just doing their job i got an example for that one i got an example for that one okay all right so alabama um yeah greenview not green bow but so a little podunk town in alabama right yeah so basically this city goes in and the mayor tells the chief the chief of police that the police department needs to be more profitable so start writing more tickets yeah right Yep. So now this town on the outskirts of the town, like you have to drive out of the town and then get on the highway and go up like four miles on the highway. There's like a mile and a half stretch of highway that's within the jurisdiction of this town. Okay. Right. So what this, so what the sheriff does or not sheriff, uh, what this police chief does is send all of his cops out there. Oh. And tells them to start writing tickets. And I mean, we're like, it got national attention because these are bad tickets. These are just like blatantly bullshit. Like they were literally, it's a four lane highway, two lanes each way, right? Yeah. Like one cop in the course of a month wrote like 70 some odd tickets. Jesus for- Christ. Driving in the left-hand lane when they weren't passing someone. (laughs) A bullshit ticket, yeah. So this, so, and, you know, and of course the majority of people just pay them and move on with their day, right? So this town, in the course of like two and a half years, goes from a police chief and two officers to a police chief and 16 officers and a SWAT team. Jesus fucking Christ. This town does not qualify the existence of a SWAT team. Right. Like, there's not... This this town is fucking barely bigger than Hillman. We're talking like a thousand people. There's no need for that, yeah. Yeah, and they get multiple complaints because the cops are going out of their jurisdiction. They're basically... What they're doing is they're going down the highway a little bit, out of their jurisdiction, following people until they get in the jurisdiction, and then writing them a bunch of tickets. And their revenue, their police department revenue, increased 7,000% in three years. And, yeah, yeah, they tried to put a stop to it, and and again, nobody could put a stop to it. Because there actually were laws that were being technically broken. Yeah, because there were laws that were technically being broken, even though it was absolute bullshit. And I mean, they were getting people for four miles over the speed limit. They were getting, I mean, just bullshit stuff. Did they recall the mayor? Bullshit. No, because the town was making lots of money. 
The right, it, it wasn't the people in the town that were getting pulled over. It was people. It wasn't. Just yeah, it wasn't the people by. in the town that were getting oh, pulled over. Oh, Okay, town, I see. The town's revenue went up something like two hundred. percent Now those police officers and SWAT team are all spending money in the town. Well, so yeah, but also literally the the town is taking the excess money out of the police budget and putting it into the town budget, and the town is. The town well, the is making lots happy. of money. Yeah, the townspeople town are happy. happy. <laughs> so carry on. No, that 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 that's the whole thing. They didn't oh, yeah, they oh, thought they they the sheriff was, did them. something. Oh, that, yeah, that's he just blatantly abused his power. Everybody agrees that they blatantly abuse their power. The state guys are wanting to get involved, but technically, there's nothing they can do, even though everybody agrees. That it is blatant abuse of. I mean, they, they they could put up a sign saying that the the police are assholes here. <laughs> you know, try to find another route, or at the nearest like intersection where someone could go around it, they could put up a sign. Or they could, if they really wanted to do something about it, they could do some new road construction and just go around that their jurisdiction if they really wanted to fuck them over. So, uh, so there are the things that really could be to fuck done, them over, that would be a lot money. Yeah, if the state really wanted to fuck them over, they could just lock that fucking section of road up on road construction forever. Yeah. Yeah. But then the cops yeah, so just write more tickets and get, and, get double, and get double fines because of road construction. Well, they'd have to completely close it down. Yeah. Like, but they won't because, it's a, because it's, a, it's a highway. So they won't. Is it a freeway? Like a it's not interstate? a freeway, it's a highway. Oh, yeah, it's okay. not an interstate, it's just a highway. But yeah. it's like one of the it's one of the few like ways to get north in the yeah. state. I I would guess yeah. that the the local residents are probably not getting tickets. Because like, when they pull you over, they're running your plates, like they know where your address and everything. So yeah, <laughs> well, they probably and that, was, and that was one of the things because several people have put together a class action lawsuit on it. And that was one of the things that they put in is that it was something like 80% of the tickets that that police department wrote in a year were written to out-of-state plates. And so they were yeah. putting in a lawsuit for selective tar or for selective targeting or something like that. Something. Yeah. Well, at least yeah. they're well, smart I, about it, right? <laughs> I have a sheriff's story. Um, so I was watching a video. I used to watch these videos that people would do uh, open carry. They would carry like oh, an yeah. AR... 15 uh, shoulder sling and a guy got stopped by a municipal police officer and the sheriff came by and I don't know if someone called the sheriff or if they just happened by but the sheriff like just chewed out this this city police guy because you know he wasn't doing anything wrong well and so and actually a perfect example of well it's well, it's it's an example, not the perfect example, but it's a great example of how departments get like this, where a municipal department will just be like, we are the law, drugs, dread, blah, 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 you know, because there's there's like a dozen if actually. There's probably close to 50 to 60 of them, at least of literally channels where guys it's, it's called audit the audit. Where guys go in and audit police departments and they audit police departments by performing constitutionally protected acts and seeing how the cops react. Oh. 
Right. And, and the favorite actually, ones are open carry and and um, photographing or taking video in public locations. Those are the big ones. Uh, sometimes they also notice. Uh, sometimes they also give notice to sheriff's departments when they do that. Um, yeah. Just so that if something does go horribly fucking wrong, the sheriffs are nearby and can respond. Oh, yeah. yeah, and then you see, yeah, so there's, I mean, it's, yeah, I've, I've watched a lot of them, and I mean, some of them are pretty fucking bad. Some of them are bad, because, yeah. and, you know, and honestly, I will acknowledge that in those channels, those people purposefully escalate the situation while knowing yeah. they're right. But they purposefully oh. escalate the situation knowing that they have the right to say, well, the the greatest example is cussing out a cop. That one, <laughs> that one there, like those guys actually, I'll be honest, a lot of those guys, like it seems like they make money off of it from suing the police department. Oh, well, I remember, I remember well, there was one well, where when, they, uh, they simulated but, actually a how citizen's can they arrest. The, how oh, how can ahead, they sorry. sue the police department though, if they have quantitative immunity? So the qualified immunity the one big thing that's nationally recognized on qualified immunity is that freedom of the press and freedom of speech, those will get you every time. Every oh. time those will get you. Because there's more than enough court case precedences at the <laughs> Supreme Court level that apply to everybody that protect it. There's so many of them that protect it. So that's why they go for... They go for Second Amendment violations and they go for First Amendment violations because those ones are ones that are nationally recognized as you can't do this. And so because they're nationally recognized, qualified immunity doesn't apply in those situations. Uh, there was a there was one of those videos you were talking about, Don, uh, where they simulated a citizen's arrest. Ooh, that one was a fun one. And uh, because of the way they did it, too. And it was, I think it was in Texas, right? So he had the quote, you know, the simulated suspect uh, at gunpoint on the ground. Mm. And that one almost went way sideways, but it was great. And um, yeah, so, see, like, that's one like, even if, even if I decided I wanted to go out and start doing this, that's one I would never point a weapon at another person. It was unloaded uh, to their. It, you know, it was all. It, it was all. Yeah, the cops yeah. might just shoot you. Qual qualified immunity still applies in that one. They will gun your ass down, and there's shit you can do. Yeah. Uh, in that one, there was like a bystander that they had set up with their phone recording the whole situation and everything. But it was uh, it was fun. Um, the uh, the cop showed up, and he immediately pulled his gun and pointed at the guy who had the gun on the suspect. And he, uh, which and he's is, like, yeah, which is understandable. Yeah, which is totally understandable. Um, but uh, it actually ended up resolving very well. Uh, I think the cop was kind of pissed off at the stunt, though. But it ended up resolving very well. And uh, I was actually kind of like, I was sweating there for a minute watching the video. Like, am I about to watch like a horrible video? <laughs> well, it's on YouTube, so you know that the guy didn't get gunned down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, they could have, like, cut it off just before. Right. You could yeah. still put it on YouTube. You just wouldn't be able to 
You can't show the video of them getting gunned down, but you can literally cut the camera to black, listen to the gunshots, and be like, and that was the last words of so-and-so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh but no, it actually ended up being resolved fairly well. I was uh I was impressed. Cops held the shit together. Like I, I I that I don't think there should be any restrictions on putting stuff like that on the internet because people need to understand like uh I I don't think that that, that should be restricted from the internet putting up videos of people getting shot and whatnot. Like, cause well, it, when, when these things killed. happen, even so when these things happen, like you should be able to see and have the appropriate reaction to it. Like well, if you can't see so that, it and you just hear about it. Well, and that's, and that's something that's actually, that's a perfect example of capitalism right there. So, because there is no actual restriction Saying oh, YouTube, YouTube can put YouTube can become faces of death if they wanted to. There's no restriction to. on that. It's yeah, just it's not not illegal, right? You're, that's true. It's yeah. not illegal. So it it's probably not. exists on the internet somewhere, like somewhere where you could see the actual. Because I totally thing didn't happening. just say faces of death. Yeah. Oh, is that still a thing? I'm assuming. I don't know. I'm pretty never... sure it is. It's on the internet. I mean, I'm not looking it up, but me neither. <laughs> I, I don't want to see that. But if it's like, yeah, I don't if it's that. something, I'm not looking it up. look. I, I mean, if it's something where, where it's like somebody like gets shot for no reason, that's in it, it's some kind of politically significant thing or something. But yeah, I think if something oh, happens yeah. that's significant, then I might want to see it. You know, to yeah, like to the guy getting at like the guy getting squished at Tiananmen Square. Oof. Yeah, actually, I don't think that you even saw him get squished. I don't think that the video went that far. The video did go that far. The public video didn't, but that that oh. was actually on face of death. The rest of the video, yeah, oh, I didn't didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty horrible. Yeah, they actually, yeah, ran all over. And... Oh yeah. Yeah, like stuff like that. That that should be available. Like that's an an significant thing, you know, important stuff that you should be able to. I don't think enough people have seen that, right? (laughs) I haven't. So yeah, no, I don't think so. In fact, I've heard that nobody knows what happened to that. I know I've heard somebody say, like, nobody knows what happened to that guy. Like so I think it's not even common knowledge that the whole video exists, to be honest. Yeah. Otherwise, China might have a whole different uh, opinion from the outside world. No. no. With all the, no, people, with all the shit people that China does, nobody can, Yeah. People know. People know about with China. One guy with a tank is nothing. People know about China nowadays. Like, it, it's like an open secret, kind of. Like, everybody yeah. knows. Yeah. Nobody's well, like, oh, I yeah, those Chinese. Yeah, they're it's the a social con- It's a social contract. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, we we all acknowledge it, but none of us are going to say anything or do anything about it because, well, they give us our you know iPhones and cheap oh, shit. Cheap. Yeah. Well, that's capitalism too. I also don't care that much about it. I mean, I don't want to hear, but 
you know, I also view it as not exactly my problem. So, I mean, you, you can't like, you can't take care of the whole world. Like people have got to. Well, that's a whole thing. Settled. We could do a whole bit yeah. on how China keeps buying up property here in the U.S. Yeah, but it's private property. Like, you, you can't buy up a bunch of property and then you just run the place. That's not how it works. They try to. <laughs> well, because the other side of it, when you're looking at, actually, that's a yes. China, China can buy Chinese corporations. Chinese citizens can buy as much American property as they as they want. Uh, you have to remember what happened to. Between America and Cuba in the sixties. Fuck around, find out. Because Cuba in the sixties went in and said, guess what? If you're a foreign owner, if you're a foreign business, a foreign investor, and you own property in our country, uh yeah, we no longer acknowledge that. It's our property now. Yeah. There's yeah, like owning property it. doesn't mean that. You run the place. It, it irritates me when people make try to make that. Yeah, like, they, oh, they the could Chinese own, own literally. Now. Yeah, they could own literally every square inch of this country. It doesn't change that we can't just be like, "Oh, fuck you! You don't now." Well, it's the same way that a lot of other um, movements have occurred, right? So, Chinese company buys up property, say in Ohio, right? Um, they start a huge, let's say mega farm in ohio and then they due to their company they start bringing in people on you know visas and whatnot to work those places get help them get them their citizenships and then they just start having them vote yeah but what happens is when people move here and become citizens after a while as they acclimate to the lifestyle we have and they end up voting in their own interest like they're not going to be able to get a bunch of workers here and get them citizenship and all that shit, which takes years, and then get them to like vote in Chinese communism into Ohio. Like it, it doesn't work like that. No, it's not that it works exactly like that, but it does help. Like, and what are they going to do when? What are they going to do with their Chinese workers? They moved here, don't vote their way. They're, were they going to fire were, him? Well, they'll find another job. It's the United States, man. Like they're citizens. No, there was a, so they there was a whole situation where they had uh, these like embassies or Chinese embassies, where the whole purpose of the people working within those places was to keep tabs on Chinese citizens or people that were still Chinese citizens, and they were. You could, you could argue that they could that they could leverage the families back home and shit like that, but basically, one thing that I want to point out to you, Blake, is that. Russia tried that in the yeah. 60s and it failed miserably. Yeah, and it seems to be failing here also. There was already that was already brought to the attention of uh individuals, police departments and things like that and they were trying to run them out. Uh shut down those locations where they were running those um people trying to keep tabs on Chinese citizens. Yeah. And so I, that I was brought to light. That's, that's the other yeah. side of it is that a, mini a, mini a municipality for example. So say We'll use Hillman, for example, right? So Hillman. Yeah. 600 people, et cetera, et cetera, in Montmorency County, Michigan, right? So if a Chinese company came in and said, we are buying 100 acres outside of town, still within city limits, but we're buying 100 acres outside of town, and we are going to build 
an iPhone plan, right? Yeah. Well, if the if the people of, of Hillman look at it and say, I don't like what these Chinese have been doing on blah, 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 buying up land all over the country, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, you can't start. There's a new city resolution right now. You can't start a business here. Sorry. Your iPhone plant was not is not approved. You can't build your business. Your farm oh, no, is I'm, not approved. I'm, you can't build your business. Oh no, I'm, I'm aware of all that. And, yeah, you know. I'm I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. What I was more pointing out is that they were trying to. <laughs> oh, Just yeah. like you said, you know, Russia in the '60s, they were trying to do the same thing and uh, leverage, you know, individuals that were, you know, immigrants from China still over here in. 2023 and trying to leverage and threaten them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Out. I'm sure it'll succeed just as well as the Russians did because not to argue anything, but the Russians do it better than the Chinese did anyway. Well, I don't know. those fuckers are efficient. Uh, well, hold on. Hold on. Let me, let me rephrase that. The Soviet era cold war Russians did it a lot better than the Chinese did. That's fair, yes. <laughs> post, or, post Cold War Russians are well, they're just people now, but like back <laughs> then they were they were a lot better at it. They were brutal at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now sad. So so someone explained going back to social contract again. Someone explained to me um that like their ancestors brought to them um, the life that they have or whatever built this shit yeah. and they feel like they owe it to their ancestors to continue you know and mm-hmm. and uh, build on it or whatever which I kind of get yeah. I mean we, we are reaping contract. we are reaping the benefits of you know innovators of the past and whatnot. Um, on the other hand like the boomers kind of fucked us so I don't really feel like I owe them <laughs> shit so. Yeah. Well, I will say Maybe one I thing. I, I will say one thing. Um, the boomers, you know, did what they did great, did what they did poorly. But I will say, you know, in this time frame right now, there has been quite a resurgence of people trying to be self-employed or build their own business. Yes. And... I do believe that is because of the failings of what the boomers have created that this has occurred. So it's a positive yeah. takeaway, at least. It's the ebb and flow of the cycle. Yeah, that and is a positive look, takeaway. To to be clear, now I want to here the the years of the boomer generation. I, I'm going to look it up because I'm not totally sure. Basically, our well, my general dads. rule of thumb is anybody that voted for Carter shouldn't be allowed to vote anymore. Um. Okay. Or Reagan. Anybody that voted for Reagan shouldn't be allowed to vote anymore. Really? I thought Reagan was all right. Well, okay. Boomers are. Oh, they're. Go ahead. Yeah, Reagan was great overall as a president. As what he did to our economy was fucking horrible. We are still recovering from Reagan era policies and politics on what he did to our economy. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. 
Talk oh, to economists. Ahead. Reagan was fucking horrible. Okay, boomers are 1950. Oh, there's boomers one and boomers two on here. Mm-hmm. 46 to 54 and 55 to 64. So my dad well, is yeah, actually so post World War One and post Korea War. No, post World War Two. Or yeah, post World War Two and post Korea War. Yeah, my my dad is actually older than a boomer. It's uh, he was born in forty four, so. Mm. It's uh, here. Let me look at this. Mine was born in sixty three. My mom was born in sixty five. Yeah, my dad's kind of old for my age. He was like thirty eight, I think, when I was born. So. Oh yeah, but my my parents were also super young for my age. They were <laughs> yeah, eighteen, seventeen, and fourteen respectively. So yeah, according to this thing, um, and then Gen X was sixty-five to eighty. So I, by that measure, I'm not Gen X, sadly. No, you. Yeah, we're all three of us are actually technically millennials. Yeah, barely. Yeah, we are all the first, first or second year millennial. Identify as a Gen Xer, given the option. I identify as a millennial because it pisses people off. Oh yeah. And yeah. you know me, and given the opportunity to troll. Jeez. Yeah, technically so actually, we're millennials. Yeah, no, not not technically. We just are millennials. Yeah. So, back to the cop stuff. So I have had, in the last week, I have had two interactions with the police. Mm-hmm. Because you know me, I don't know what <laughs> it is, but chaos likes to follow me around. So, and they were diametrically opposite fucking interactions like 100% opposite interactions mm-hmm. so first interaction was on tuesday so on tuesday well, i guess it was tuesday of last week so in two weeks so on tuesday i am leaving black sheep pub after doing karaoke and going over to sneakers to do karaoke right now so we stopped, we circled by a different bar, Latitude. It was me and somebody else. They were, fo- I was following them. And so they circled through Latitudes to look for another car to see if, to see if that person was over at Latitudes to so invite them over to karaoke with us at Sneakers, right? Mm-hmm. So we drive through the, so we drive through their parking lot and then hop out on, back out on the street and then go down to Sneakers, right? Now, cop coming down the road sees me leaving Latitude's parking lot. Right? So he starts following me. Profiling. So cop is, yep. So cop is following me. Now, mind you, profiling for leaving a bar is established in all 50 states as not probable cause to pull somebody over. But, you know, cops, pretextual stop. The, the the requirements are pretty fucking weak. So, cop goes and pulls me over as we stop to the gas station. Right, pulls me over, and now mind you, a little bit of a little bit of preface or a little bit of preface for this is I have a Michigan disabled veterans plate on my truck. Yes. Now the Michigan disabled veteran plates are non-expiring plates. Literally says right oh, across the bottom. Guy. 
Yeah, literally says right across the bottom of it, does not expire. Yeah. Right? So now the thing is that there was some snow on the bottom of my bumper, so the does not expire part is covered. However, the disabled veterans place also have a unique serial number. They all start with DV and then and then have, you know, the plate number, which is unique. There are no Michigan plates. You can't even get a custom plate that starts with DV because it's right. reserved for disabled veterans plates. So, you know, so I can, you know, I see them out all the time. I can literally look at a plate and say, that's a disabled veteran plate, 100% guaranteed, because it starts with DV. So, I'm, so, you know, the cop pulls me over, and he's like, and he pulls me over, and he's like, hey, I pulled you over, because you have no year sticker on your plate, showing the expiration. You have no year sticker on your plate, and I ran your plate, and it says it's expired. <laughs> now at this point i have had you know i was doing karaoke for four hours and i had, had maybe two drinks two drinks i had two drinks and fries so i am well below the limit i am not fucking driving drunk or anything like that not wet and reckless you know guaranteed right i literally i had the my two drinks were in the first two hours i was doing karaoke and i drank soda after that right so I hadn't had a alcoholic drink in two hours. So, you know, I'm extra ballsy at this point because I'm like, well, if you're coming at me with this, I know that you're lying because you did not run that plate and it did not. Well, if you did run that plate, it did not come back expired. I know you're lying. So I'm holding my registration in my hand with my license and on my registration, it says does not expire right on my registration it says does not expire so i keep pushing the cop on this you know and i'm like are you sure did you did you run it twice did you double check are you sure it says it's expired there's no way it's expired and you know and he's getting mad like he's legit starting to get flustered you know with me just insisting this and then finally once once i can tell that i've pushed the envelope enough where i'm like if i keep up with this it's gonna go south so i'm like all right i've pushed the envelope enough so then he's standing there with his flashlight and everything. And I and I put my registration in front of his flashlight. And I say, well, because it says right here on my registration, does not expire right here. See? And then he gets the, oh, you're a veteran. Okay, well, let me just run that and see what happens. And so he comes back and he's like, yeah, no, it, it does show good in the system. Sorry about that. Have a great day. <laughs> Now, the reason I did that to the cop was because I just wanted to piss him off and make his night shitty because I knew that he just pulled me over because he was looking for a DUI. Yeah. He was using he was using bullshit and lies to create a traffic stop so that he can create a situation to claim to create justification for checking for a DUI. That's all he was doing. Well, yeah. I mean, if he was to pull you over just because you left the bar that's profiling. If he was to follow yeah. you enough to where you made a mistake And I didn't make on a the mistake road. because I knew there was a fucking cop behind me. I didn't make a mistake. Yeah. I set cruise control three miles an hour under the speed limit and just fucking followed the person in front of me. Yeah. It was a and straight maybe road. Saw... There, was no there was no turn signals. There was no stoplights. There was, there was nothing for him to, you know... There, I, I gave him nothing, and so he pulled the best that he could, which is your place expired. 
Yeah. I was like, ah. He just pulled the, your plate's expired on the wrong plate. Yeah. So, that was interaction number one, which was unnecessarily awkward, and my goal was for it to be annoying as possible on him, because I knew that that he was literally just fishing and pulling me over unnecessarily to see if he could get that DUI. So, interaction number two, which was Monday of the next week, this, this last Monday. So I'm zipping through Alpena. I'm going over to the pool league. Hadn't drank or anything like that. Just going over to pool league. And I'm legitimately going 50 in a 35. Because there's this one little spot where it's 35. You cross the railroad tracks and it's 55. Right? So I'm zipping along because I'm running late for pool league. And I'm legit. I, I recognize 100% legit, you know, that I was feeding. So I he comes around the corner. I see him. I slow down. He gets behind me, you know, I pull into the moose and and he pulls in behind, you know, flips his lights, pulls in behind me. Well, yeah, I didn't see that coming. You know, flips his <laughs> lights as soon as I turn on my turn signal. So, you know, and he's like, hey, I pulled you over because you were doing 50 and a 35. And I was like, yep, legit, 100%. I wasn't paying attention. You know, this road, you you know the railroad tracks where it goes from thirty to 50, or from thirty five to fifty five, and I I was getting on a little early. My bad. You know it happens, and we we talk for a second, and everything's one hundred percent cool. If he'd have written me a ticket, I'd have just paid the ticket. I was it was legit. I was speeding. Yeah. He caught me. You know, and hundred percent cool interaction. Him and I talked for a second. We shot shit about other things. I you know. I, uh, I invited him. I, I was asking if you know if he if he enjoys playing pool, you know, because we he's oh what are you doing here? I was like oh yeah pool league, you know. And so we talked about playing pool for a minute. You know, I invited him to come try out on the Thursday night leagues because he obviously works on Monday. He's been pulling me over. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, but yeah, we had a great interaction. Everything ran smooth, and that was it. You know, on his way, he didn't he ended up not giving me a ticket, and just told me to keep an eye on it. And I told him I keep an eye on it. And that situation was resolved. But that, had, comes uh, down to, that comes down to the interactions of how the cop, and that's that kind of ties back. Sorry, that the whole purpose of that, both of those stories together was to tie back to the concept on what we were talking about on qualified immunity, which is if I, if you start this interaction and I think that you're coming at me sideways, the interaction goes south. Well, yeah, you know, and that's and that's the danger that we've got with qualified immunity is that everybody automatically assumes the internet interaction is going to go south just because of all the bad cops out there that are making these interactions go south. Well, yeah, I mean, um, my last two interactions, for instance, uh, are we're actually reporting. No, it wasn't that one. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was actually Just stolen. For our listeners, there has nothing been involved in any of us on Kitty Porn. Just <laughs> no, so- it was actually stolen. It was stolen vehicles, right? So we run U-Haul here. And um, sadly, a lot of people like to steal U-Haul's pickup trucks, right? Oh, I didn't they make know great that. RVs. Yeah, they make great huh? RVs. So <laughs> no, pickup trucks. The, the pickup trucks. Bed. Yeah, the open bed pickups. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Um, well, the last one was a pickup truck situation. And, uh, you know, so I, it's been enough time, you know, letters have been sent out, all that. Um, so because it is under a rental agreement, you have to take extra steps, right? Yeah. Uh, but all those steps have been taken, and now I can legitimately report it stolen. So report it stolen, and uh, th- like I said, this is the last one. It was a pickup truck, and it. I mean, the the cop comes out, and he basically just doesn't give a fuck. Is what it seems like, right? So it's a bad interaction. Um. And you, we actually just ended up um, from that officer just finding out it's out in Okeechobee, but he didn't take any extra steps uh, with which to help us secure the vehicle whatsoever. You know, like I know that they could have contacted the Okeechobee sheriff to help us recover the truck, but no steps were taken in that regard. It was almost like, eh. I'm don't care to be here, right? So I was left with the feeling of, you know, the officer doesn't want to do his job in that situation. Um, he did do the bare, you know, the minimum necessary, but it wasn't a situation where it left the feeling of the job was done. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Interaction before that, officer comes out. A cargo van was, you know, was reporting one of our cargo vans stolen. Um. Officer finds out he again finds out truck is uh, the the individual whom rented it their residence is in Okeechobee contacts Okeechobee Sheriff's Department Sheriff's Department you know goes to the residence finds the vehicle there uh, contacts the person it wasn't actually the person who rented it but it was a family member they get them engaged they help us recover the vehicle I drive out at that point. Because he's like, hey, do you want to go get it right now? The officer's there. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to go get my truck back. I drive out there. Sheriff in Okeechobee is there on location to make sure that I'm safe and recovering the vehicle. And everything goes great. Smooth operation, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, I felt very well taken care of. And I was like, okay, I feel like I've, you know, they've earned my tax dollars right now, right? Oh, sure. So... Two different interactions of two different mindsets. So, do they, I, oh, so you were able to get it back on one of them and not on the other? On the other one, we had to wait longer, yeah. Oh. Which is money out of my pocket, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, it's 830, guys, well, so... Yeah, I gotta, oh, I gotta get going myself, too, and actually do my job, so... Oh, okay. um, thanks for everyone for tuning in, and we had a pretty long one today too. I think so. Yeah, we did. Fun. So feel uh, free to like and subscribe. I, I, Hit up our Reddit and tell uh, me I'm an idiot for not supporting cops or whatever. Stir up some <laughs> controversy. It'll be fun. We'll talk about it on Reddit. Yes, please. There you go. Um, but, uh, all right then. Good conversation. Uh, so though. I guess we'll. Hopefully we'll have it again next week. I know it's been a couple of weeks, but I've been kind of low energy lately, and uh, I just kept been sleeping in. So 
So we should be all right, though, going forward. So we'll hopefully keep up the weekly schedule and and beyond. Yeah. All right. We'll need to Have get to stripper everyone. therapy. I know. Oh, I, yeah. I haven't been to a strip club in over a month now. So yeah. Oh, well, I've heard I've heard great things about the Canadian strippers. So yeah, there we <laughs> beginning go. beginning of March, I should dip down there and and sneak you over the board. Oh shit, no, because I need a passport. Oh, man. Oh, I thought you didn't need a passport if you have a. Enhanced, I was talking to some uh, Canadians. Oh, you probably don't. Yeah, I was talking to some Canadians last week, and yeah, if you've got an enhanced ID, you don't need a passport. I don't have an enhanced ID because I'm a stubborn twat and refuse to give oh, DMV. I think my I do. Ticket. I think I had to as a trucker. Yeah, you have to as a trucker. <clears throat> so, I probably don't, but you'll you'll have to get that sorted out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, have a good night, guys. Have a good night, everyone. Have a good night. Bye. Later. <laughs>